0: The cat sat on the We'll be right back. The final furlong podcast is proudly brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday. The latest trainer to join our ranks is Donald McCain. To celebrate, we'll be having a Sunday and final furlong podcast owner's morning on Saturday, April 16th at Bankhouse Stables to see Raffles Capital and the 150,000 euro purchase, Invincible Power. The most expensive horse Sunday have ever bought. To join us, download the app or visit allaboutsunday.com, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Get your sign-up bonus for new accounts with a match bet of up to £25. Kaluki offer betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, with instant withdrawals and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Ireland. Horse racing. Kaluki also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK, including additional ones at Cheltenham. Join us now at kaluki sportsbook.co.uk.
1: I've been told that the open morning for Final Furlong podcast listeners and investors in All About Sunday at Donald McCain's was a huge success. A uh, little bit of me was sort of bitter not to be there, but at the same time I was commentating on the Irish Poker Open Speaking of, thank you to Phil Baker for joining us to preview the Irish Grand National Meeting. Pretty good results, to say the least uh, Galopon de Chompte win by 8.5 links or more, and he wanted to go 10.5 links or more um, He just came over to me with this is the comms booth with the line going 18 links um, Kaluki took a hit there uh, Durazo was seventh when he put him up. Uh, I napped easy game. He got a horse placed in the Grand National, and he had another winner as well, I think, a juvenile hurdler. Uh, Phil was on fire. He loves the show, and Phil will be back on the show again very, very soon. But, of course, the ace tipster is here with the solution to whatever the hell is going on with my chest and my voice, and also the solution to your weekend problems. Winners, Rory Delargy. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you. How do I get rid of a cough, Rory? You seem uh, to manage to do it all the time. Well,
2: yes. Well, given given uh, that I had a cough for about three years, um, I'm probably not the best person to talk to. I get rid of a cough by getting COVID. <laughs> Try that. <laughs> I'm not sure that would normally be recommended, but that's, um, that's exactly how I work. For me.
1: <coughs> all right. Okay, uh, follow your doctor's advice, <laughs> make sure you're having plenty of athletic greens, oh god, it's gone, uh, so this is going to be mostly Rory, to most of your absolute delight, uh, Rory, the 150 at Sandown, Kaluki are going 3-1 to about Nappers Hill, he's had a busy enough season, only seven days since he got... Uh, beaten by three lengths at odds on. Uh, sorry, he won with three lengths last day. See? Doesn't matter. Mine's gone. Uh, Headlaw with uh, John Joe and John Joe Jr. Fives with Kaluki. Wizkid is fives as well. And Dr. Parnassus, a uh, four-year-old who we're seeing for the third time this season, uh, has just been moved into 8-1 to one by Kaluki. How do you approach the one fifty at Sandown Saturday, my friend? Um, I'm,
2: I'm not massively... I was keen on Nappers Hill... Um, Two runs ago here and the ground was probably too soft for him, but he ran, he ran too bad to be true on that occasion. He did come back and and uh, he, he won nicely enough at Newton Abbot the other day, but that was a pretty ordinary uh, novice hurdle and he didn't have to be, he, you know, he didn't have to repeat his, his best form, his, his best ever, probably his third to John Bond uh, in the Kennel Gate um, earlier in the season. Um, but he was pressed pretty hard at uh, Newton Abbot's um, it wasn't like I don't think he won that with tons up his sleeve. Uh, he was pretty professional from the front, but he needs to show he can do that again um, on a, a stiffer track. And obviously, with that, um, with his poor run at Sandown um, in, the, uh, in the EVF final, still fresh in the mind. I'm not keen to back him as favourite uh, in this race for all he does have a touch of class. Um, nor am I keen to back Doctor Parnassus, who's the highest weight force in the race with a rating of one three six. He, he's taken well uh, to hurdles when one of the first two starts at Ascot. And Taunton, I thought, he's well placed to win those races. He was four to eleven for a um, an all aged um, novice. Uh, Taunton in the second start before finishing seventh in the Triumph. On paper, that's that's a good run. Um, but he was thoroughly untrustworthy on the flat, Doctor Parnassus, mm. and I expect him to go the same way um, once he once the novelty of jumping hurdles um, is lost on him. Um, I think if, if he is capable of winning this then I, I don't find him to dance because he's not a horse I would trust. Headlaw's got an obvious chance um, but he is stepping up markedly in classes. He's on his winning in, um, uh, in, in reasonably um, moderate events class 4 handicaps at Warwick and Southwark on his last two starts. Now John Joe's in very good form. Um, this is the time of year when he tends to do particularly well and, and I do respect Headlaw's chances. Um, he does have to defy a 10 pound higher mark in a stronger race and when beating Pay the Woman that saw the last time out. And, and I wonder whether he's uh, such great value. I, I'm going to take a chance here on, on WhizKid, um, who I didn't think came in for a particularly good the entry um, in the uh, conditional and amateur riders uh, events um, on the, the Friday of the Grand National meeting. Yeah. Um, I thought he was rather sort of gunned to the front by, um, by Killian Leonard and uh, then didn't really get into a great jumping rhythm. Uh, he kept trying. He, you know, he still finished spaces He less than three legs into fourth there. But I think there's a bigger performance in him. Um, and uh, with Sam Twist and Davis taking over today, that might be, um, this might be the race for him. Um, he, he made his debut for the yard in a grade one um, over course and distance behind Constitution Hill. did not show an awful lot that day, but he was just, he was, you know, getting a handicap mark essentially. Um, and uh, he, won, he won his next two stars at Catrick and Ludlow he probably improved again at, at the entry but I think more was expected of him and I think he is capable of, of, uh, of better form he was a decent horse in, in Germany um, and Richard Newland clearly thinks that he's that he's got a, a decent handicap hurdle in him he's um, he's not the scopiest he's quite a small short couple um, but um, and he, you know, he's not the prettiest to watch either but he's, he's, um, he's quite a uh, a washy chestnut, so it doesn't it doesn't terribly take the eye, um but he's he's more than capable, and I think at these weights of like one hundred twenty six, which is just a pound higher than the entry, he's more than capable of winning this race.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. you know, very smart performer on the flat in France as well, and um, I wasn't sure if it was his inexperience or just an inexperienced ride, but uh, yeah, you think with Sam on board, uh, Kaluki going fives about Whisked in the opening race, which will be live on ITV and racing TV. Uh, 2.25, will it be in Ireland? Who knows? It's so bizarre um, these days. Uh, 2.25, Sandown, is the Oxley Chase, grade 2, for the Memora Challenge Trophy, Legend of a Horse. Uh, Paul Nichols has got San Calvados as your favourite. Okay. Uh, while is then in there at 13 to 8. Uh, Ernie River, which we were talking about for... Uh, the Grand National meeting, uh, particularly in TalkSport 2, is Fives that Mr. Fisher makes up, uh, oh look, it's a small field on a Saturday, 6-1. Uh, to one. Nico de Boyneville and uh, Nicky Henderson. Um, does San Calvados deserve to be such a short-price favourite for this, Rory?
2: He doesn't, um, based on his, his profile and the issues he's had this season. And the other issue is um, Paul Nicolau said he doesn't want to go right-handed. And he's back right. Now, I don't believe Paul Nichols may say he doesn't want to go right-handed. Ne- no, neither do I. But, but, you know, if Nichols is right, then he doesn't want to go right-handed. Uh, what Nichols also says is that he wants quick grind. I, I also don't really go for that because we've seen, you know, we've seen the horse before. We've we followed his career since he's a five-year-old and his best form is in the mud. Um, he probably doesn't want an absolute slog these days like you've got to basket. it. Um, in the Ascot Chase, which is, I thought, a really odd um, stop for him. Really, if they were if they were going for the Ryanair, mm-hmm. um, he burst a blood vessel that day as well, and then had to. He missed the Ryanair because of the soft ground, um, and then he was two free when um, when fifth in the Melling Chase last time out. Uh, on the pick of his form, he is the pick of these receiving weight from from Nutswell and Mister Fisher, um, but it's difficult to be confident back in a horse with his profile at this stage of the season. You know, this is. Pretty much the only target uh, left for him he's so well treated that I, I can see my connections are keen to run him but given that he was taken out of um, of Cheltenham last year uh, because of because good to soft ground has being too fast for him he's he's got a struggle on good to firm ground here I, I, I like the horse a lot but I, I've I've been scratching my head at his uh, his campaigning over the last couple of years and um, I can leave him alone at a short price um, mr. Fisher is a funny old horse and that's um Oh, he, he always runs his races in grade two company and he always runs badly in grade one company. He, he very much has his ceiling. He's got a tough task giving weight away here on paper, but I think he'll run his race. Um, You know, he's, he can be let down by his jumping when he's going, uh, you know, a stride picker in top class grade one events. But you run him in grade twos and he looks a very good horse. He looked at the performing show, for example, when winning this at the Conte Chase early in the season. Um, He was... um. Uh, he was a comfortable winner o- over um, El Dorado Island that day um, with uh, Rouge Veef, uh, And I uh, definitely absolutely miles behind him and El Dorado Island then won a great two in his next start. So that looked, a, um, that looked a decent piece of form. He hasn't backed it up since. Again, he had a really hard race at Ascot. And the Ascot chase, it was, you know, the weather was filthy that weekend. The going was heavy. And um, very few horses really cope with it. Mr. Fisher's beaten 73 lengths in the end. Um, so whether he can bounce back, um, having run badly, um, in the uh, Merlin chase himself last time I don't know but it wouldn't be a surprise given that he has a history of, of running really badly in grade ones and then coming out and winning grade twos uh, when he's dropped in class so if you just look at his his record in this grade it looks pretty good not as so well as the other horse who's, who's penalised again he's got a really tough task um, with a penalty given that he's um, uh, he's um, an 11 year old now and he's, he's always been well exposed as being slightly short of top class um, he ran a tremendous race to win the um, the listed uh, premier chase at um, at Kelso as penultimate start, but again he was uh, he was outclassed at the entry. Um, that was in the ball over uh, over the longer trip. Um, again, I think it would be good if Brian Hughes could write a winner on this card. Obviously, having having wrapped up the the jockeys' championship and hit his two hundred at well, Perth yesterday. Well said. Uh, and he could do it nuts well, but um, I think. <sighs> He, I think he relies on one or two running below form. You know, the more you look at the race, you know, <laughs> you go through it and, and work out that none of the four can win and then you have to start again. Um, uh, it, it wouldn't, it, you know, if, if you threw a top-class um, horse in this race, they'd blow it apart. Um, and something has to give here. I think Mr. Fisher's the, the likeliest winner um, given his overall record. Um, but Earn River deserves a mention. You know, he's... he's um, on ratings, he doesn't have the easiest of tasks. He does have to improve to beat these, but he is progressive. Um, he was very impressive when winning at Weatherby on his penultimate start. And then he was rather unlucky to, to fall. He was, a, he was effectively brought down uh, in the manifesto at the entry, uh, in which he was very well backed. He went off at 11-4 uh, for that race. And again, this is slightly more hard overhead. I'd love it if, if a combination like Nick Kent and Charlie Hammond could win a big race like this in the final day of the jump season because um, we're talking about how the game is dominated by you know, a few uh, big trainers and big owners. And for someone like Nick Kent, who, who has only a handful of horses, um, to um, to be competing in grade one and grade two company mm. with a horse um, like Iron River, who's got a lot of talent um, and could make a big splash next season, would be great. So I think I'd probably, depending on the, on the betting, I'd probably make Iron River my, my bet on the race. But it's it's a race full of ifs and buts, and um, I wouldn't want to be spending too much on it.
1: Yeah, Earn uh, River was a horse I really fancied at, at entry, and it's just been 16 days by the time the race comes around, so I am of the opinion we'll just stick with Earn River then. Um, I know it's it's a different race, but it makes sense to me. Uh, he is fives, and um fully agree with you for all the reasons mentioned about the uh, Negativities are surrounding the short press favourites. Oh, look, it's a Paul Nichols short press favourite. Uh, this time in the Bet365 Celebration Chase Grade 1. So Kaluki Sportsbook are currently going 6-4 to four about Green Team for Paul Nichols and Harry Coveden. Uh The last time we saw him, he was awful at Leopardstown uh, when Nichols was going through that spell. Uh, Dan Skelton and Harry Skelton. Have New Negra 13 to 8. So Royal, Alan King, and Daryl Jacob 100 to 30. And Rouge Oh, look. It's another one of these Kate and Andrew Brooks horses that's going to be moved to Harry Durham over the summer in a hilarious ha ha We just move our horses around a stint. I have no idea. It would just be funny if that was to happen. But um, best of luck to Harry in his new venture. And we'll talk to him about it soon. Uh, first time Wind Up for him. He's 20s. Sky Pirate in here as well. Uh, was quietly fancied by many at Cheltenham, but has had to take an entry in the meantime as well, and has been beaten 44 and 18 lengths, 20s for him uh, with first time cheek pieces. Rory, who wins it?
2: Uh, well, uh, I'd expect um, a greener team to bounce back from, from that poor run at time when the Nicholas horses were all running poorly, and he, you know, the the excuses that day. Grinds softer than he wanted it to be. Paul Nichols had already flown the horses over, so there's no point pulling them out. Um, both of his runners at that meeting who disappointed went round the inside, um, which was a which was a, a massive disadvantage. Uh, and the horse who won this race last year comes here fresh now and haven't been given a break since February. Um, although, you know, that that wasn't the original plan. The, the plan I think was was to go to Cheltenham with him and he was he hadn't recovered at that stage. So There's a slight question mark with with Prenatino about whether you want to take a short price about him, given that um he's um He's clearly had a problem um, mm-hmm. since his last run or, or because of his last run and it's taken him time to come right. You, you'd hope that he'd be right now and he's, he's just about the, the, the right favourite for the race given he's, you know, he's won two great ones over the course of distance um, and that clearly makes him the one to beat. The, the only issue with, with um, uh, his wins is you can, you can put um, holes in them uh, to a degree and he beat Altior here um, last season obviously. Um, but the great horse then retired straight after that and uh, when he won the Tingle Creek the, um, I'm not sure that anything else gave it running in the race no. you know the runner-up did but the runner-up a pretty, a pretty moderate um, horse at this sort of level um, the two best horses in that race uh, flocked for various reasons including um, uh, Nubian Negro, who was only fourth that day we haven't seen him since but he's got a, a record of going well fresh um, and he was very impressive first time out at Cheltenham again you can you can knock holes in the form of the slur chase that he won um, given that um, uh, those he was up against haven't exactly covered themselves in, in glory since. Looked a strong race on paper, but he was beating the um, uh, veteran Polito Logan to second. Put the kettle on, hasn't been herself at all this season. No. and She was favourite for that race. And, and Rujovic, who was quite well fancied for that, was was uh, was last um, and has plenty to prove now. So maybe Nubinegra's standout run isn't as good as it looks, but his form last season is very good. He was arguably unlucky not to win the championships. Uh A comment you could probably make about four runners in that contest, including the re-opposing Soul Royal. Um, he wasn't beaten far in last year's championships. chase, despite the fact that um, um, that he was almost brought down, coming down the hill um, and trying to come with a with a with uh, an idiotic run of the inner, uh, really. Um, he's had plenty of racing this season, and my worry was Soul Royal. He's got his grind, but he's been over-raced this season. He's, a he's never really taken his racing particularly well. He wants two runs when he's fresh and then he wants a break and then he wants to have another two runs in the spring and he's already had um, six runs this season so Royal and I, th- I think he was showing signs that that he was um, feeling the effects of, of, of a hard enough season on um, Spinalto a started at Newbury then, then again I don't really understand him going to Aintree for a, for a race over a trip he doesn't stay uh, I know it didn't look a particularly strong race than Melling I don't mean, understand why, why trainers were keen to go for that but if you wanted to find a race for So Royal this was the ideal one um, the faster the grind, the better for him. And I think if they'd missed the entry and come here, I'd have fancied his chances. But I think there's a very strong chance that he'd be flat after entry, given given what his um, uh, his overall form looks like. That's the same scenario over hurdles. He won his first three races over over hurdles this season, and um, wasn't discredited in the Fighting Fifth. And then Kingy went for a uh, went for a fourth run in the International. He ran a stinker there, um, and he was kicking himself for, for giving the horse too much to do. But of course. Hmm. He's now, you know, having his third run again after a break, and that rather puts me off him. I think um, Negra is probably the safest safest bet here. He's a, a horse who's shown form and soft ground, but he's um, he's always looked like a horse who'd be very very happy on on uh, on a quick surface, and um, he has, you know, he does look like he's been laid out for this. Um, Dan Skelton was not tempted to run him over a trip; he doesn't stay at entry. Um, was never tempted to run him in the uh in the champion chase and he comes here um strictly speaking you know he'd be the best of these on time form ratings if you believe um the the form of the um of the slur chase but even even if you don't his um his win in the desert orchid last season the second in the champion chase given him the same chances as um as grenatine on paper and given that Grenatine hasn't had the ideal uh, prep for this I think Nubi Negra is um is the safer
1: bet of the power. By default, it comes down to New Benegra, And to be completely honest about it, it's very, very difficult to, to argue with that. It's not like I can poke holes in the logic that you're using. Uh Interesting that the Irish horses that were entered didn't make the journey over. The 332 is the... All right, give us it. its, its original title, please. What?
2: The Whitbread Gold Cup?
1: The Whitbread Gold Cup won by some but, of the you know, greats. That's, that's the name of
2: a sponsor and now there's a different sponsor because they better Pool out. So, could the they really be getting all the credit the Whitbread for, a, for a race Bull they not sponsor
1: anymore? Uh, well, the, 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 back, in the, back in their old days, all the greats would show up. Um, this year... Yes, but again, again um,
2: this is... for a race is worth 90000 it, um it suffers because of its proximity to um, to the Irish Grand National and uh, the Grand National itself. Yeah. And um, so in the Scottish Grand National there, if you like. And the West Wales Grand National. So it's not it's nowhere near as classy a race as it, as it once was. But we do um, have the
1: we do bizarrely have the one-two from the Scottish Grand National, which is which yeah. is pretty cool. So Kitty's Light is back. Uh, fours Enrillo for Paul Nichols, who'll be crown champion of the day. Win my wings, uh, Christian Williams and Rob James again, Stealing seven pounds, uh, nine to two, Phlegmatic is tens, a musical slave for Philip Hobbs and Tom O'Brien is 10s christian williams decides to throw in captain noir there as well so he'll go for the the one two three um is this just a case of the williams horses are so far clear that as long as they've come out of the race okay one of them's going to win first time cheek pieces for kitty's light uh or can something take advantage that's been a little bit more lightly campaigned
2: yeah listen. I not it's um it's not easy running in uh, in multiple marathon chases in one season. Um, that's what Win My Wings um, is trying to do. Having won the Eider Well over a mark of one three two, she then bolted up at um, at Air, um, of an £8 higher mark. That was that was generous handicapping to be perfectly honest. But she is, um, and uh, and fairness, let's say an 8 pint higher mark. A one pint higher mark because because um, Rob James. Is effectively a non should be a non claiming jockey, really. Um, if uh if if you um give credit to his uh his point to point wins, which you should do given how competitive that sphere is in Ireland. Um, so really, she was she was firstly off the same mark in the Scottish National. Um, she took to that really well uh, and won in good style, but she now is 14 points higher. Mm. However, you look at it, you can you can talk about Rob claiming the seven again, which which he clearly is, but you know, he's he's claiming the same seven as he was at air and she's up a further £14. So that's asking an awful lot more of her. She may well be good enough to do it. She absolutely bolted up there, and she deserves to be favourite. But are are there other angles in the race? Well, I think you can play a little bit of, of each way here. Disappointing, only 15 runners in this race. Uh,
1: very You know, this used to be,
2: you know, you you know, people would be balanced out of this every year um, in the old days, and you'd always get a full feel, but only 15. So... Theoretically, that means no, um, no four places, but you're probably getting five places from one or two firms in this race. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm inclined to, to look for a bit of value and play the extra places. And um, I'm inclined to take a chance on an old favourite here. And um, if we're talking about handicapping, um, a step, back Go on, step Back has been dropped a lot by the handicapper. Um, you're taking a bit of a risk on him. Um, he wears blinkers for the first time, but I think he'll benefit from blinkers. Um, having watched him recently, he's a horse who must go right-handed. And yet again, because of the the paucity of opportunities, you will find trainers, you know, saying this horse needs these conditions, and then run him under, under different conditions because you know the temptation to go for good prizes is too much. So he's been um, disappointing a couple of times. Um, going right-handed always runs well here. Um, previous winner of this race, he won a veterans uh, handicap last season here off a mark of 142. he still retains a lot of that ability although he's only been able to show it once this season when um, when third in the the edinburgh national when he probably did too much on the front ends. um but that was still a sort of perfectly um signed effort from him that um four mile trip uh, probably a little far for him for all these days the three and a half of this trip but, you know, he was behind um, Captain Katterstock. He's won, a, he's won well since. And he was given lumps of weight away to Captain Katterstock that day as well um, and was you know, was only left behind from the um, probably from the third last fence but was miles clear of, of Highland Hunter who'd won a, a, a good handicap chase at Sandheim prior to that. So I think that's a better run than it looks. And the handicapper has dropped him a whole £10. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a big drop. Now, he was obviously well beaten um in the cross-country chase that's not a, you can ignore that completely that's that's not a run at all it's completely um, different format. yeah it's a, a, a different kettle of fish altogether so it's essentially been dropped 10 pounds for one run. and he gets in a you know, 10 stone two lily bradstock will be able to claim her whole seven pounds she rode him at muster um she's a talented horsewoman. she wouldn't she wouldn't um be the most obvious jockey of the uh, of those involved in this race um, but the brass dogs are all very well schooled in, in various um, elements of, um, uh, of equitation. Mm-hmm. Um, and she loves jumped as well, Lily. Uh, she's got a fair degree of experience in point-to-points. Uh, I've seen her ride under rules a few times. and She's tidy enough. Um, and essentially, Step Back wants to um, bounce out and make the running. He doesn't always have that luxury these days because as a 12-year-old, he doesn't quite have the uh, the speed that he had when he was an impressive winner of this a novice um, a few seasons ago. Um, it's four years ago now when, uh, when he carried 10 stone and won this in a hack counter. One of the easiest winners you'll, you'll ever see of this race. Um, and um, he was rated 135 and beat Rock the Cast by 13 lengths. Could have doubled that if he wanted to. Clearly very well handicapped at the time. And he's not like back in that same sort of zone. He's, he's um He's lower in the weights um, and he's only got, well, he, he'll have five pounds less on his back with Lily's claim. Now, there's as I said, there's a degree of risk in this because he's a 12-year-old. He's clearly not quite the force of all. But we've seen with the veterans' chases in the last few years that if you get these horses in the right place, they will, they will hold their form um, for a while and a step back. Essentially, he's just been um, asked a bit too much in some of his starts this season. Um, he wants, he wants good grind. He wants a right-handed track. He wants to be able to get out, dominate and be able to use his jumping. And this is probably his first opportunity to do that for quite a while. And I think the grind will be quick, um, come the start of this race. Um, just because of the weather we have, it's good to firm in places, uh, at this stage. And that used to be the case with the, with, the, with Fred, that you frequently got really quick grind and it suited a certain kind of force and step back is just that kind of horse. Um, but veterans have run well in this race in the past of course I and mean, it's gone to it's gone to the likes of uh, jack high and, and munker boston church island and tidal bay towards the end of their careers um all of them in double figures um and i can just see um step out with with no other horse wanting to go on here but this is a race absolutely devoid of front runners uh, the, uh, the only ho- other horse i can find who might go forward is via dolorosa
1: yeah
2: um, you know who who made all at subtle in march but he's at a really, really tough spring. And um he's uh, he's running both this the Scottish National and the Grand National itself. And frankly, he shouldn't be running here at all. He had a dollar loss, so he's been absolutely um tailed off in his last two starts. And this is his, his third run in a marathon chase, um, just in the last um well, his fourth over three miles plus in the last month. Um and I think um the way Fergus Wilson wants his horses um campaigned is not. Not a great look for the sport, um, but yeah, he he might go forward as well. But he, I'd, uh, like a to, I'd like to I'd like to
1: echo out. my support to that. By the way, I, I completely agree with that and it, and it is very much the the owner's um, stance that he wants to he wants them running. But anyway, yeah,
2: uh, um, yes, kind of guy who's who, who would happily run his horses, and but he has done in the past. I think it was Contraband he had who ran who ran in the champion hurdle and the Gold Cup in the same season. there was five hundred to one for both of them until dawn. Yep. Um, and they had to change the rules to stop horses again. Well, actually, I think Wilson was clever enough that if you, if you, if you find a, a, an ex-top-class horse who's on the downgrade and you don't run them, uh, then you can, um, you can run them in championship races because the rules say you've got to be rated what was, 125 plus to run them. Yes. Um, so as long as you're on the right side of the ratings, you just find these horses who've gone on the game but still have the rating and then you can run them in those races. But of course you can no longer run horses twice at the Cheltenham Festival, which is a you know, it's a shame for the few horses who've actually managed to to, to win twice at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, but it's to stop um, publicity seekers like um, like the Wilsons from um, uh, from running no-hopers in, in multiple um, championship races. Yeah. But anyway, that's 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 by the bias, got nothing to do with, with uh, the, the outcome of this race. It, it's just that Via Dolorosa is is possibly the only spoiler here. Um, but I can't see him enjoying himself for too long here, having had two such such hard races recently.
1: No, they were gruelers, um, and, and you'd imagine that they've knocked the stuffing out of them. The The one horse that does stick out to me and, and intrigue me is Streets of Doyen. Um, I, I know he disappointed in the old Orsay last time at the uh, uh, Brown Advisory, but um, he was due to compete in the Irish Grand National. Uh, he would have been a massive prize for it, but they decided not to run him there and uh, he's been rerouted here and John McConnell's had a great season so at, at a big price where you should be able to get five places but hey have a word see what Kluke Yeah listen say the, to the,
2: the, grind, the grind will suit um, Streets of Doyen as well and big John time. McConnell would have occurred yesterday um, so it, I wouldn't um, although he's, he's looked a little bit um, uh, he's looked a little bit rookie in terms of his, his enthusiasm for the game Streets of Doyen but I think mm-hmm. he'll enjoy this a bit more than some of the tasks that he's had
1: Apologies as the cough just decided to take on over there. But uh, that's what we're going for. A step back and uh, Streets of Doyen I'll throw in as well. Um, okay, the select hurdle, the grade two. We're betting in the blind here, my man, uh, with a small field. So we've got McFabulous, uh, Fusil Raffles, Scaramanga, and Indefatigable. Well-named horses, um, as in well-known horses, but betting in the dark. Uh, what's your take?
2: I think McFabula should, should win this. Um, he didn't run badly at the entry last time out uh, with cheek pieces on for the first time. Um, and I think he's been he's been waiting for this kind of opportunity. He's not quite a great one horse over hurdles. Uh, potentially, as I said last season, I think he's an absolutely smashing chaser in the making, but um, he had a setback early in, early in the season and Paul Nichols decided to keep him over hurdles um, this year and he's not had an ideal campaign. Um, he ran above himself in his reappearance on grind that was too soft from him, Narelle Keel. Um, and then he was probably a sick horse when he ran next time. Bounced back to form um, to run respectably behind Epitone's on the entry hurdle, but um, he's not quite up to that level, but this is a lot easier for him, even, even uh, conceding um, weight to his rivals. Uh, Fusil Rapids is a the chaser these days. Doesn't particularly appeal on quick grind going back over uh, over hurdles. Um, Scaramanga. Uh, we haven't seen him since, since running in the um uh in the cesara which um and i'm not sure uh, again his his last run was in the the uh, handicap hurdle um at this um at this meeting last year um when he won off a mark of one four four uh he'd have half a chance off that but um his his absence is definitely where Harry Cobden rides him um mm. uh, you know and you could decide that that's um uh that's a pointer but i just think that Lorcan Williams is on board McFabulous last nice time out, and makes a bit of sense to to allow him to to maintain that partnership. In the fact, that will would have a big chance on her best form. She's not been at her best this season, uh, not since um since a very good second um in a handicap hurdle at Cheltenham in December, um and she did took a pretty nasty fall in the Meres hurdle, um yeah. uh, last month, and I just wonder whether that will um. Uh, that will impinge on her enthusiasm um which you know, looked to be winning at newbury in november she ran very well to win the uh uh to win the uh west Yorkshire hurdle on her reappearance which was given a good ride by Donald Jacob, um staying staying wide on the better grounds and um using her her tactical speed rather than rather than her stamina to win that female contest she didn't really want to start at newbury next time and that' was the first sign that, that she was maybe thinking twice about the racing game. She'd looked very um, tough and genuine before then, but she didn't really want to set off. She was back to form um, at Cheltenham, as I said, when uh, when Lucy Wadham's mare had just got the better offer her in a, in a tight finish. But again, she didn't run her race when she was favourite at, at uh, Warwick for that mare's uh, contest, uh, the um, the Warwick mare's hurdle. Um, I thought she looked a little bit um, reluctant to exert herself, Um yeah, uh, for all that it turned out to be good form because that was the Merit hurdle winner who won that, mm-hmm. um, and you can you can kind of look through that again and go, "Oh, it's better form than it looked at the time." But I, I don't. I thought she put up not much of a fight there, and of course, uh, we don't know what she would have done in the Merit hurdle itself because it was just beginning to take shape when she did that heavy fall at the uh, at the top of the hill. So she's been a real fan of mine. A real fan of mine. She's been a real favourite of mine <laughs> over the years. She's not been a fan of mine. She's not
1: Maybe she um, is. I think she reads your stuff uh, every morning. That's what I've heard. I've been,
2: a, I've been a fan of hers, but I'm just, I'm a little concerned about about a couple of things I've seen this season since she won on, on a return and I'm, I'm against her for that. And I've been been—I've been vaguely pro-McFabulous in a couple of starts this season, but he hasn't had his conditions and now he does. I mean, think faster, the faster the ground the better for him. Uh, he needs to be giving weight to lesser horses rather than running, running against grade one horses over hurdles. He gets that set up here and I think he should win.
1: Okay. Should win. Love that. So our final race is the 440. It's the Josh Gifford Novices Handicap Chase, present and counting for Brian Hughes and Donald McCain. Uh, Harry Skelton and Dan Skelton have got Beakstown, a flick of for Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden, and Jack Amar uh, for the back Milton Harris after a ter- tremendous season as well. And Fergal O'Brien had a great season too. Uh, a brief ambition. Um, Donald McCain will look back on the season with great... Fondness, uh, I should imagine. And um, can he go out with a winner or is there something else in here that you're uh, looking at? 153 winners as we're currently recording for uh, Donald McCain. Is present in counting going to add to that or is there something else here that takes
2: 153 winners and only one of them in a graded event?
1: Bonkers, isn't Amazingly.
2: it? Amazingly. Yeah. Bonkers. See, I- Prime I- users, they won the old car, and that was his Chase, um, at Haydock in February. And it, was a, it was a pretty moderate contest. That was with um, um,
1: Manila... Manila Times. Manila. No, not Manila Times. Hello. Manila Drama.
2: Times. Manila Drama, yes. Manila yeah. Times. I was going to say we would have both stopped on that, but maybe not. Maybe not Manila Times this season. Uh, Manila Drama won it, yes. Um, President is an interesting one here. Again, the faster the grind, the better for him. Um, Dominic came was talking about him being potentially his only runner at the Cheltenham Festival, but he didn't go in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the grind was soft enough for him. Um, when he fell in the race won by Beekstown at air last time. Um he's two pounds lower, which is an interesting um interesting idea that you drop a horse for falling when you don't know where he would have finished. Mm. Um, and is up six pounds for winning that. Um President Cainly could easily buy it. I think the you know, he he wants genuinely quick grind um rather than rather than anything you get in the winter. And that's why um Don left him off. He'll keep him going as well. I mean, he won't be. You know, this is the end of the season, of course. Um, but for horses like President County, it's the start of the summer season. Yeah. Um, I'd give him a chance. He still might need the run after his break. To be perfectly honest, Beekstown could follow up despite the higher mark. He's better than a mark of one three five, mm. but his problem has always been that um, uh, he jumps. He jumps well, looks a class night and then doesn't find an awful lot off the bridle. He did. He found a bit more. Um, there last night to beat, beat Coach Carter. Uh, but Coach Carter was beaten again at Perth the other day. And I, I don't think it's brilliant form, to be perfectly honest. Nietzsche, who was third, was, was beaten at Sedgefield uh, as well, looking less than keen. And I just I think the whole form is a little bit weak. I, I, I used to like Beach a lot, I think. And again, there would have been a time when I'd have been very keen to back them in quick grind here. Um, because again, that, that's as it is often with horses who have breathing problems, quick grind can be the key. Um, and I think, you know, the softer it is, the more it, it, it puts uh, a strain on his breathing, which is his main issue. He gets time-form squiggle big time because he finishes weekly, but he finishes weekly because he can't breathe. Uh, it's not because he's ungenuine. Um, and he got away with it at an hour last time, right, because he dropped far enough on the weights to be able to sort of outclass slightly reluctant rivals, I think. Um, and the, the rise in the weights probably does for him, although Sandline is a, is. The stiff finish is obviously difficult at Sandown, but it's a it's a track that really suits a good jumper. You can gain it, you can gain more ground over the fences at Sandown um, than you might lose by getting tired from the last. People talk a lot about how races change um, from the last fence up the hill at Sandown, and that is true. Um, but it's you know, for all you can finish well if you're losing ground at the at the railway fences um, on both circuits, you're going to struggle to make up the ground later on. So he might he might be in there pitching from from the last fence, but I get the feeling something might be finishing a bit better than him. That tends to be the case. Um, my old mate, Jack Lamar could, uh, could play a part again, although, you know, his issue has always been that his jumping's a little bit, um, I don't want to say sloppy, just like scope, you know, fences are just a ton too big for him. And he gets away with it. Sometimes they did when winning at um at Kempton over Christmas, that was a, a good day. Um, and he's run, Respectively in all his starts since he was in, in the Grade two come behind, um, do your job at uh, air last time out. He was out of his out of his comfort zone there, really, but a bit of black type wouldn't have gone astray. He combines back, but the fact that he's going to make this, we know he's going to make mistakes because he makes mistakes on all his starts. They're not yeah. bad mistakes, but he just gets he just gets in a bit tight to his fences. He'll be losing too much ground, I think, here to go and win the race. Um, and it's not a strong call, but and, and again, maybe a bit of heart leading head here, but. Um, up the straight would be a very appropriate appropriate winner of this race was Nick Gifford won it last year. This was the race that, that provided Josh Gifford's last winner as well uh, when he won it with Sky Cab, um, and that's a race if you get a chance of, of rewatching that race. Josh Gifford's final runner as a trainer. Oh, it's um, amazing. In this race before it was called that Sky Cab was expected to win, and everything went wrong from the race, mostly his own fault. And he was he looked like he was going to finish tailed off coming to the pawn fence, and somehow. Somehow he found a run.
1: Somehow R- R- um, Ruby and, and jumped, a, jumped a, a fence and went flying into the air. Another jockey went flying out the saddle. It was just remarkable. And Josh was in tears afterwards as well. I'll yeah. Never well, forget Josh to. was in tears after,
2: <laughs> in fairness, bless him, after most of his winners. But that one really deserved it because he knew, he knew he was retiring on the spot. And that was just a hugely emotional winner for, for a lot of people. Um, and it's become a Quite an important race because Josh was was, um, was an exceptionally well-loved character. Yeah, rightly and so. Nick won it last year with Belargus, of course. And um, The other trainer who would love to win this race is Richard Rowe, who was Josh's stable jockey for years. Um, and he's got up the straight here. Now, up the straight, um, I th- I thought he was a horse to follow when he bolted up at Plumpton earlier in the season. I know that was only Plumpton. Um, he then couldn't cope with the Paddy Parr on his next start. Um Disappointed. I mean, he, he ran better than the result in the grade two and the no one was his chase. Um, and I ask at worked out reasonably well. Uh, couldn't cope with heavy ground, even though he's, he's got a little bit of form and heavy ground going back. But he absolutely got stuck in the mud um, in a handicap chase at Sandown when I ticked him up um, in January. Um, did a fair bit better when third at Kempton last time out. Um, but needs to step up on that. But I think the same trip at this track will suit him better. I know that's a strange thing to say, given he's, he's run pretty at Sandown this season. But he looked in like like toe that day. He was well backed. He was off favourite of a mark of one hundred and twenty eight at He Was very much expected to get back to winning ways, um, but made quite hard work of it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have minded seeing him in cheek pieces here. I think that might have helped him. But I think the stiff finish would just give him more of a chance of getting into it. And on the basis of the form he was showing earlier in the season, he's well handicapped of one two seven. He just needs to put it all together. Normally. I'll, I'll be blunt. Normally, seeing Richard Rose's name next to a horse that I fancy is enough to make me say, "I'll look elsewhere." I think, Richard is not uh, is not top of the the tree when it comes to uh, uh, to his his current status as a trainer. He's he's had a few big winners in his time. Mostly, reasonably early on his career, he won the uh, he won the Whitbread itself with Eulogy, uh, for example. But he struggled uh, for winners in the last couple of years. As Richard, normally that would put me off. But I just I get the feeling this is such an important race um that Richard would really like to get this right and hopefully hopefully he has James Davis a good jockey booking as well I've uh, always been a big fan of um of James as a rider of course um, son of um Huell Davis uh, looks like he's about 19 James but he's he's closer to 40. I had this argument with my wife when i was racing the other day um when James was riding at, uh, at Newbury and um uh, my wife's known James since he was a kid um, we're talking about how old he was I was thinking he, must be, he could be nearly 40 and she couldn't believe it but you know you do the sums and I think he's about 37 um, but he's got he's got a child's face um, he does look like a uh, sort of I mean for instance Hewell had, a, had the same sort of pixie-like looks um, but he's been around a fair while James um, I'm sure he would have ridden for um, uh, for Josh going back as well um, and um, he'll be keen to uh, to get the best out of up the straight here um he's an underrated always has been an underrated uh, rider of uh, of chasers uh, as james and i very much hope that they they um uh, they can pull it out of the bag and produce the the kind of emotional result we'd love to see so as i said I'm, I'm maybe i'm wishing that as much as i'm thinking it um but he definitely has a chance on, in terms of the ratings it's a very winnable race you can you can um uh, as I said, you can you can um, you can knock most of the runners. Oh, I haven't mentioned Brief Ambition, who's, who's won um, four of his last five, but he's gone up a fair bit in the weights for doing that as well. Um, he was winning up 117 at Kempton in November, and if you go back to to what um, up the straight was rated um, at the same time, he was rated 138. So at that stage of the season, he would have been conceding a stone and a half to Brief Ambition, and now he's actually um, in receipt of seven pounds. So that's a, you know, it's a two stone turnaround in the weights. And I don't think up the straight, who's only an eight year old, has, has progressed in that time. He just hasn't put it all together. And I think he's capable of doing that. And um, hopefully you get a reasonable price about him as well.
1: Hopefully. Uh, again, as we said, we were kind of flying in the dark here uh, as things currently stand. And some of you may be going, how dare these two, how dare these two focus on Sandown and Jumps Racing? Not a word about the flat, now that it's back. Uh, well, to be honest about it, Artis is exciting and I'm very pleased to see him back. It's a four-runner race on good to firm ground. I'm not exactly enthused for that. Happy to review it with Darren on, on Monday, but uh, I don't think either of us are going to sit here and say, yeah, pile in. And um, Kyprios is the selected runner of the End of Yard for the vintage crop. Um, Baron Semedi just seems to be on the downgrade uh, search for a song doesn't she need it to be September and Princess Zoe it'll be great to see you back in action again uh, for Tony Mullins with Gavin Ryan on board that's that's tremendous but again that's more of a race to review so Roy DeLarge um, which is the horse that stands out to you most this weekend
2: uh oh. I'm not sure it's a case of um, of standing out, but I think um, I think I'm most attracted by by playing old step back each way in the 6 Five Gold Cup, um, hoping for the extra places, hoping for the massive price, and hoping for that easy lead um, with uh, with Lily Bradstock lulling them all into full sense of security from the front.
1: 20s. Kaluki we coming for you hold that price for us let's get on board final front podcast army that's it uh, from Rory Delargy. all the very best and thank you for carrying the show my friend uh, much appreciated and for me Emma Kennedy uh, hopefully you enjoyed the Irish Poker Open hopefully you enjoyed this edition of the show we will chat to you again Monday when we look back on it and talk about some racing Stories as well. Until then, take care. Have a great weekend. God
0: bless. The final furlong podcast is proudly brought to you by our official syndicate partner, all about Sunday. The latest trainer to join our ranks is Donald McCain. To celebrate, we'll be having a Sunday and final Furlong Podcast Owner's Morning on Saturday, April sixteenth at Bankhouse Stables to see Raffles Capital and the one hundred and fifty thousand euro purchase Invincible Power. The most expensive horse Sunday have ever bought. To join us, download the app or visit allaboutsunday.com. The ultimate racehorse ownership experience. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Get your sign-up bonus for new accounts with a match bet of up to £25. Kaluki offer betting on all sports. Immediate interaction with experienced traders with instant withdrawal and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK, including additional ones at Cheltenham. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. Ah,
1: mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy.